You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. tournament it's finally here the brackets have been set and the teams are ready to hit the court and DraftKings, the leader in one day fantasy is celebrating with their largest free college basketball survival pool ever how large you may ask one million dollars in total prizes up for grabs and if that's not enough check this out when you enter the free DraftKings one million dollar survival pool you could win a shot at ten thousand dollars for every upset uh, throughout the first two rounds of the tournament. It's easy to play. You just pick one team per day. If they win, you survive and advance to the next round. Last person standing is the winner. Remember, you only can pick one team uh, for the entire tournament, so choose wisely. DraftKings is a safe source app. You can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. So get in on all of this week's action. Download the DraftKings app now. Enter code THPN during sign-up and enter the free $1 million survivor pool. Again, that's promo code THPN to enter the DraftKings free $1 million survival pool. Eligibility restrictions and terms and conditions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports betting perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. It is Sunday, March 28th. Ian Cameron with you. Uh, It's a solo uh, show for me today. Just uh, yours truly with you on this Sunday. It's a short card. Uh, we've got four, or sorry, five, uh, six games, I should say, on tap. There's more than I thought. Six games on tap uh, on this Sunday slate. Uh, we'll get to each and every game in just a second. Uh, before we do, though, let's look back on last night's uh, NHL action on Saturday briefly. Um, we had some uh, pretty interesting games. Let's give the Vegas Golden Knights a ton of credit. They were going up against a Colorado team that was just you know off the charts good. The past couple weeks, not only the performance on the ice, but how well they played uh, in in their own zone as well. And for the Vegas Golden Knights, after being pretty humbled by Colorado in the first of the two games, head to head between the teams, uh, they responded the right way uh, yesterday, uh, getting behind obviously very quickly and very early in the game, but battled back and, and ended up uh, coming from behind, winning the game three two in overtime. Uh, Marc-Andre Fleury was very good, much better performance from him in that, and they carried the play to Colorado. Colorado's been good at keeping teams below 30 shots on goal. They've had a bunch of games this year where they've held teams below 20 shots on goal, but uh, Vegas got to almost 40 against them yesterday. It was a very good game by Vegas, and a reminder, I think, to Colorado and to other teams in the league that, hey, they're a pretty good team as well. Uh, Vegas still and uh, very impressed with their performance yesterday as I was with the Toronto Maple Leafs who got down 3-1 to Edmonton uh, a couple of really beautiful goals from the Oilers passing plays from McDavid and Dreisaitl uh, leading to their second period goals that gave them the 3-1 lead but Toronto stuck with it it kept coming in waves uh, Mike Smith uh, ended up uh, playing a really good game in net 
in fact, he was a big part of why Edmonton was able to build the lead. The Leafs actually probably had the better play, the better chances, uh, but they finally broke through in the third period. Goals by Tavares and Nylander, who had actually been struggling of late. So it, that was a good sign to see the Leafs, to see them get on the scoreboard for the Leafs. And then, of course, Austin Matthews, who had a million chances last night, uh, robbed by Smith, hitting the post, you name it. And then of all goals to score, he basically has one bank in and careen into the net uh, off of uh, a skate for the overtime winner. And the Leafs come back to beat Edmonton uh, four to three. So the Oilers played a lot better, no doubt, uh, against the Leafs and yet still couldn't find a way to beat them last night. Frustrating loss, disappointing if you're the Edmonton Oilers uh, to see that game slip away from them the way they did. Uh, disappointing to see the Tampa Bay Lightning play the way they did last night. They lose 4-3 to Carolina, and you may think bad beat because they had a 2-0 lead and they blew it and they lost 4-3. Wasn't a bad beat. They got outplayed. They got dominated by Carolina. Shots on goal, chances. Carolina carried that game to Tampa Bay, and I had Tampa Bay yesterday. I have no beefs. I'm not going to say bad beat. That was just they got outplayed. If you had Carolina, you deserve to cash a ticket in that game. Uh, they were they were excellent. I'll give them credit. And Tampa Bay, they don't lose two games or more in a row very often, but they suffer back-to-back -back losses. Uh, let's give Calgary credit. The Flames, we've ripped on them a lot for their poor play of late. But, you know, Daryl Sutter got after them uh, after the uh, loss to Winnipeg Friday night, got after Johnny Gaudreau as well. Beautiful quote from Daryl Sutter. That's why he's awesome. You know, they get asked, Johnny Gaudreau playing his 500th career game. What's your opinion of his career and where he's at now? Well, it's his 500th game tonight in terms of that. I just hope he's got more energy than he did in his 499th game. And it just gives you like that pensive, like stoic look after that. Classic, classic Daryl Sutter. I absolutely loved it, uh, seeing that from him. Uh, but uh, nevertheless, it worked because Johnny Gaudreau gets a couple of assists, uh, helps out on a few of those Calgary goals, and the Flames get a victory against the Winnipeg Jets, a much-needed victory uh, in that game. So those were some of the games from Saturday. Let's turn our attention to Sunday, and specifically a game that's uh, uh, starting in just a couple of minutes. Uh, on NBC, the New York Rangers and Washington Capitals, Washington minus 150 home favorites, uh, the total six shaded to the over uh, in this game. Keith Kincaid, Ilya Samsonov are your starting goaltenders uh, in this game. Uh, you look at it with the uh, Rangers and the Capitals going into it. The Rangers beat Washington the last time these two teams met, and it snapped Washington's losing streak. There might be some uh, Washington Capitals players remembering that loss and wanting to avenge it. And certainly from a scheduling perspective, the Rangers had to play Philly yesterday and ended up losing that game uh, to the Flyers. Washington's been off since Friday when they beat the uh, New Jersey Devils, so it's definitely uh, – uh, an advantage from a scheduling perspective for the Washington Capitals here in this game. I think they'll probably win. I lean to that side. I, I, I do like the way the Rangers played yesterday, notwithstanding the Rangers have played better hockey of late. I'm definitely going to be, be taking Mika's advantage ad to score again. Uh, it has been uh, obviously uh, a big moneymaker uh, in recent games. He's on fire. He's got now 11 goals here in March uh, for the Rangers. Um, a lot of that's come against Philadelphia, and you're not playing Philly today. You're playing Washington. But here's an interesting thing about Washington. It looks on the surface like they're playing very good defensively. They are still in the top 10 in terms of the most high-danger scoring chances allowed this season. That's going to show up at some point uh, in the, uh, moving forward for the Capitals. It may hasn't shown up right away for this team, but at some point you can't get away forever 
with giving up high danger chances at the amount that Washington is and have the other team not capitalize and or have your goaltender, whether it's Vanacek or Samsona, bail you out. You know, at some point, you're going to be in a situation where you're going to end up having uh, to pay the price for giving up many danger chances. I was surprised to see that. Washington, yeah, it looks like on paper they're solid defensively, but they've had their struggles in terms of the chances they've allowed. And the New York Rangers offensively, I know yesterday it wasn't quite as good for them offensively, but overall, you look at this team, and they are having no trouble finding the back of the net right now, the Rangers. I think they'll have a chance to score. I like the over in this game, and I, I lean Washington from a side perspective, but I do like the over. Washington's played a ton of these early starts, Sunday afternoon matinee games on national television. And just off the top of my head, I know most of them have gone over the total. They've played a lot of higher-scoring games, uh, this, uh, <clears throat> this uh, Washington team, on Sunday afternoon games on NBC uh, they're five and two to the over their last seven Sunday games. Now, normally I could, I don't give two shits about those. Oh, this team's three and one on Tuesdays, or this team is five and uh, three on Thursdays, or this team's six and one to the over on Saturdays. I don't usually care one iota about that, but this over trend with Washington on Sundays means a little bit more because most of their games on Sundays are these nationally televised early starts in the afternoon. So I think there's something to it that you get a little bit more pond hockey, a little bit more sloppy play. I think the Rangers, you know, after being held down yesterday by the Flyers, uh, they're going to be chomping at the bit to get back on track offensively. Again, the game is just about to start. Uh, I like the over here, over six minus 120, lean to Washington. All right, let's move on to Columbus and Detroit. Uh, Columbus minus 165, uh, road favorites, total five and a half, shaded to the under. Uh, Jackets with a horrible loss yesterday to this Detroit Red Wings team. Uh, got what they deserved, didn't play well, didn't start the game well. Uh, and sure enough, they fell behind and they couldn't make up the gap. Calvin Pickard was actually pretty solid in net, uh, of course, with Jonathan Bernier uh, injured uh, for the Red Wings. Uh, Thomas Grice struggling. Uh, Detroit turned to Calvin Pickard, and he actually played pretty solid in that game. Uh, Columbus wasn't ha happy uh, about that game. And Nick Foligno, who's the captain of this team, is pretty well respected by this uh, group. Uh, it's pretty well respected around the league. He didn't mince words after the game. Uh, he was livid. He basically get, ripped his team a little bit uh, and said, hey, we better start giving a fuck, essentially. He didn't say it in those words, but we better start, you know, not giving games away, not pissing games away, I think is the term he used, like we did yesterday against Detroit. Uh, that's the captain saying that. He's basically trying to wake his team up, uh, get his team uh, going again. And when the captain speaks, you know, when the general speaks, the troops will follow. You know, that is usually the, the, uh, a long-standing uh, expression. Uh, that's gone back, I think, years and years, if not decades. Uh, whatever Columbus's best game is, I sure as hell hope we see it today after what Nick Foligno, the captain, said about his team uh, yesterday after the loss to Detroit. I'm back on it again. You know, uh, maybe it's uh, <laughs> this Columbus team maybe is that difficult to trust, but this is still the Detroit Red Wings, man, one of the worst teams going. They don't win two games in a row very often. We know that. This is not a team that has been able to string multiple wins together. I'm on the same bet that didn't come in yesterday. Columbus in regulation, minus 110 uh, in this game. I think with Felino trying to spark this team, uh, just a terrible uh, start to the game for Columbus. They got behind quickly uh, early in the game. Uh, that got them in a, a boatload of trouble. Uh, I think there's going to be incentive to start the game strong. I wouldn't even argue with Columbus in the first period uh, on the money. or uh, Columbus uh, minus a half goal. I should say, in, in the first period. Uh, you can get probably a pretty good price with that. 
uh, I'd expect them to come out uh, a lot better. I mean, the, the start to the game against Detroit is exactly why they lost that game, uh, essentially. They just had such a wretched start, uh, they couldn't bounce back from it uh, the, the rest of the way. But uh, I think the start is going to be imperative here uh, for Columbus. So I might, I think I, I will bet a little bit of both. And what I'll probably do <clears throat> is go half and half with this game. Half of my stake for the game overall on Columbus in regulation, uh, minus 110. Uh, and the other half will be that first period plus one. I'm going to go with the uh, puck line uh, rather than minus 150 money line in the first period. Because if they're leading after one with the money line, if it's tied after the first period, you, you push and you get your money back. I'm going to go for the value. I'm going to go for Columbus minus half a goal plus 165 uh, for me in this one. Uh, to, to think to think that the Jackets can actually take the lead with them uh, going into the first intermission. So uh, that's what I'm going to roll with. Columbus puck line minus a half goal plus 165 in the first period. And also Columbus in regulation minus 110. Anaheim, St. Louis. Uh, we've got St. Louis minus 210 home favorites. Uh, the total five and a half shaded to the under uh, in this game. Man, that is a huge price to be laying with St. Louis right now. And I sure as hell am not doing it. Not doing it. Uh, team's got issues right now. They lose to Anaheim on Friday night. Uh, they got shut down and John Gibson uh, surprisingly made his return. I was not, uh, not many people were expecting him back uh, that quickly uh, from his recent stint on the injured list for the Anaheim Ducks, but he did play uh, on Friday night and returned for Anaheim and played well. You could tell the rest was good for him. He played a lot of games. He was wearing down a little bit right before he got injured. He wasn't playing as well. Uh, he played a lot better uh, in that game. Friday night against uh, St. Louis in his return uh, from the injured list. Uh, no rust whatsoever. He was pretty solid. But at the same point in time, St. Louis didn't generate as much as they could have. Once again, it was a game where Jordan Binnington, yeah, he's got to try to step up when the other guy at the other end of the ice is playing as well as he is, and he's just not able to do it. Uh, the defense is banged up. I've talked about this ad nauseum with St. Louis repeatedly on the show uh, in recent uh, uh, episodes. You know, the Blues defense is just not very good right now. They're giving up goals. Their penalty kill is way down from where it's been. They're giving up more high danger chances. Their expected goals against has really, really declined as well. Uh, there's just a whole gamut of, of stats and things you can look at right now with the St. Louis Blues that indicate a team that's just declined in a lot of different areas, especially at the defensive end of the ice. And Bennington really hasn't been able to regain and re, re and find his form again. That's something you worry about uh, moving forward as well. That uh, you know he really hasn't been great since the Stanley Cup year uh, for the St. Louis Blues uh, in that. So we'll see if he can uh, iron things out. But uh, with this game being a standalone game, it's not a back to back. You're probably going to get the same two goalies you had uh, on Friday night with uh, uh, Gibson and Bennington again. Uh, we'll see if that leads to uh, another lower-scoring affair. St. Louis get their offense going. Uh, that remains to be seen. But uh, I lean slightly to the over. But a big part of why I like the over Friday is I was expecting it to be Billy Huso and Ryan Miller. We didn't get either guy. We got Gibson and Bennington, and sure enough, the game goes under. And and I would lean Anaheim. I, I mean, I cannot lay minus 215 right now with St. Louis. Now, I don't know if I necessarily see the Blues being so bad that they're going to lose. Two, are they really going to lose two straight at home to Anaheim? Like that would be, you talk about sounding the alarm bells. You talk about full-blown panic taking over if the Blues lose today and lose two straight at home to the Anaheim Ducks. 
I think you're there if they lose this game today. Uh, the, the panic would set in. This is a must get for the St. Louis Blues. Like if they hope to cling to this playoff spot that they've got right now, they've got to come up with the victory here against the Anaheim. You can't lose two games in a row at home to the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, you, you can't, but they might the way they're playing right now. That's the issue. Uh, and again, I, Anaheim to me is the only way I would go. I mean, the, the Blues are still, for some reason, laying a much bigger price than they should be. Uh, I could only look at the Ducks here. Uh, getting this uh, plus 180, plus 185 price that we're seeing here uh, in this game. Uh, New Jersey and Boston. Uh, next game on the uh, slate, we've got Boston. Uh, open minus 225 home favorites. Uh, they've gone all the way down to minus 180 uh, to minus 185. So a good amount of New Jersey money here. Total five and a half shaded to the under. I actually agree. I think New Jersey's pretty live in this game. You look at Boston yesterday. Barely beat Buffalo, lowly Buffalo Sabres team. They actually were trailing over half of that game, Boston, yesterday. They had to rescue themselves late uh, to steal a 3-2 to two victory uh, against Buffalo. They're without Brad Marchand, who's on the COVID-19 protocol list. Uh, they obviously miss him. Uh, they're still a little bit banged up in, uh, uh, in terms of their depth forwards. And they've got Yaroslav Halak in net because Dan Vladar started yesterday uh, for Boston, and they don't, they're not going to play him on the second of back to backs. And Jimmy Murphy talked about it on Friday. I've talked about it. He struggled, Yaroslav Halak, uh, in recent starts for the Boston Bruins. It's concerning right now with this uh, Boston team, what they're getting in net from Yaroslav Halak. And right now, they're not scoring enough consistently and efficiently enough offensively to have mediocre, suspect, marginal goaltending. Simple as that. And New Jersey, the one thing they've done this year is they've given Boston a ton of a, a ton of uh, concerns uh, this season. New Jersey's played Boston tough. Uh, we'll have to wait and see if uh, they're able to withstand that today. But you see, the Devils have already beaten Boston once this season on a Sunday afternoon here at TD Garden, and they took the Bruins to overtime uh, a couple of games early in the season. This is definitely, to me, either New Jersey at the plus price or maybe you take a look at the draw in this game uh, at a plus price as well. I think it's a tight game. I think it's a competitive game. Boston's given, uh, sorry, New Jersey's given Boston a, a really, really tough battle every single time this year. You can get the draw at plus 340. I'd lean in that direction, but I like New Jersey. I think they could actually go in and win this game. Uh, I don't like the way Halak is playing. They're not scoring enough that you, you feel comfortable in this price range here with uh, the Boston Bruins. So I like New Jersey here at the plus 165 uh, price tag. I think they're worth the look. They've played, they've matched up well enough against the uh, Bruins this season. And I think there's probably a good chance that uh, they have a, uh, that they're able to give the Bruins another tough game uh, this afternoon here, especially with uh, Yaroslav Halak. Uh, that is true, actually. Good point. Uh, I said Brad Marchand's out for sure today. He hasn't been ruled out completely uh, for this game. They, they, their planning is they don't expect him to play. Um, but to me, uh, we'll have to wait and see on that. I, that's just something that strengthens the cause for New Jersey. I don't think that would, if he plays, it's not like I would not bet New Jersey uh, in this spot, but it is definitely something to keep an eye on. I still like uh, the Devils here at the price you're getting here around plus 165 uh, in this matchup against the uh, Bruins. Uh, Florida and Dallas, what a wild finish to this game last night. Uh, Dallas minus 115 home favorites, five and a half shaded to the under. So Florida thinks they've scored in overtime. Ekblad thinks he's scored in overtime. Call gets challenged. Offside. Goal wiped out. So overtime continues. 
And then right after that, Dallas, it looks like they're going to end the game. And Sergei Bobrovsky comes up with one of the saves of the year. Like, if you haven't seen it yet, it was an unbelievable save by Sergei Bobrovsky. Right after the Florida goal was disallowed in overtime, he sprawled, uh, stretched out, covered the bottom of the net uh, in the crease area, and, and just absolutely robbed the Stars of what looked like a game-winning goal in overtime. And sure enough, immediately after that, Florida comes down the ice, and there's Aaron Ekblad, who just had a goal called back against him to win the game, scoring the very next uh, uh, shift down the ice. Uh, and he ends up beating Anton Hudobin and the uh, Florida Panthers get the overtime win. Uh, and I, uh, for what was overall a pretty tough day for me betting, I needed that one because I was on Florida, even with the uh, injuries that they were dealing with to Hornquist and to uh, Barkov. Uh, I was on the Florida side yesterday, so it was uh, very nice to see them get the job done uh, in overtime. But uh, Dallas played well. In fact, you, you could argue Dallas carried the play for extended periods of that game against Florida. I thought they played well enough to win. You know, again, if a couple of those chances go in against Sergei Bobrovsky, uh, they've certainly got a good chance to win that game. Unfortunately, the puck didn't go in for them uh, in overtime. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, like I said, for them, uh, Sergei Bobrovsky uh, was pretty good last night for the uh, Florida Panthers. Looked a hell of a lot more like the goalie they're paying him to be right now uh, as in last night's victory uh, over uh, the Dallas Stars. So now we got a back-to-back -back situation. You would think it'll be Chris Drieger in net for Florida. Again, we don't have goalie confirmations yet in this game on either side, but I think projected goalie matchup will be Chris Drieger uh, for Florida, uh, and it'll probably be uh, Jake Ottinger, the young kid for the uh, Dallas Stars on the second of back-to-back -back games. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Dallas was the team that I think probably deserved the win. I'll be honest. I think Dallas probably deserved that win last night more than Florida did. And Dallas, you know, they beat Tampa Bay. They probably should have won the game last night. They are starting to play a little bit better. Uh, you got to give them a little bit of credit for that, that they are uh, starting to pick things up. They know that if they're going to be a, a playoff team, they got to go on a run here. Uh, Ottinger's been pretty solid. Uh, I was on Florida yesterday. I'm, I will not be on them today. Uh, it's also, I believe, the end of a road trip here as well for the uh, Florida Panthers and Winning yesterday the way they did, this being the final game of the road trip, that's not necessarily a great uh, spot historically to back a team. So uh, Dallas might win this game. This is uh, I'd probably actually lean uh, to the Stars just a little bit, but uh, I'm not going to go against Florida, but I just don't love this spot in particular for them uh, going into this game tonight against the uh, uh, Dallas Stars. So again, at the end of a road trip, a thrilling win yesterday, uh, they might be uh, – not bringing their best foot forward uh, tonight against the uh, Dallas Stars. And again, still banged up. There's no guarantee that they'll get Bark. In fact, they won't get either guy back. Joel Quenville uh, has already ruled out uh, Alexander Barkov and Patrick Hornquist for the rest of this road trip. So you won't see either one in the lineup until Tuesday uh, at the earliest uh, when they play the Detroit Red Wings at home. So uh, no, no bet for me on this game. It's a pass. It would just be a small lean to Dallas. Uh, the final game on this Sunday card, Nashville, Chicago. Uh, we've got the uh, Chicago Blackhawks, minus 120. Uh, home favorites, total five and a half, shaded to the over. Uh, the over makes sense to me in this game because I believe, based on the fact it was uh, UC Soros and Kevin Lankinen were your goalies last night. And, of course, Nashville gets the uh, victory uh, against Chicago last night. Two goaltenders that are in very good form at the moment. The last week or so, or the last two weeks, UC Soros has been really good 
for Nashville and net very sharp, probably playing some of the best hockey he's ever played. And Kevin Lankin, and after a little bit of a swoon there for a while, we talked about it, Alex and I, on the show yesterday. Uh, Lankinen was working with the goalie coach to, you know, tweak some things, improve his technique, and boy, uh, it showed up for him uh, in the last few games uh, for this uh, Chicago team. He's been much better in net for the Blackhawks, but you're probably not going to see him tonight. You're probably going to see Malcolm Subban, and you're hopefully going to see Pekka Rinne, because if we see him, I'm I'm definitely looking over the total in this game, at, especially at a cheap price and a reasonable number here. Five and a half at minus 120. Uh, the over is going to be a play if it is indeed Subban and Rene uh, as your goaltending matchup. I expect it to be that way. Uh, I'm just waiting for confirmation. So strong lean over. It will be on my card if it is indeed Pekka Rene taking on Malcolm Subban. As far as the side is concerned, look, Nashville's won seven of the last nine head-to-head meetings against Chicago. You know, the Predators have done very well uh, against Chicago. And I like the uh, energy we've seen from them. You know, Matias Ekholm came back from injury. Yeah, and praising Nashville. Uh, Stop the presses. Ian Cameron's uh, he- heaping a lot of praise on Nashville right now. But they- they've earned it. They've played better the last, you know, I would say week or two. The goaltending has stepped up. Uh, uh, Roman Yossi and Matias Ekholm uh, on the blue line are finally healthy. Uh, they've gotten a spark from uh, Eli Tolvanen, who's played so well, this young forward for Nashville, that he's now on the top line. And Holy shit. Did I, did I gotta rub my eyes here. Did I actually see Ryan Johansson fucking score a goal Saturday night? I mean, you must be kidding me. I mean, you, you gotta be joking here. I mean, I must be in living in a twilight zone or some shit. I mean, holy goodness. He actually scored last night uh, for the Nashville Predators uh, in that game uh, against the uh, Chicago Blackhawks last night. It's about the first thing he's done in four years there. Uh, well, I don't think he's been there that long, but you get my point. Uh, Ryan Johansson's been the ultimate bust as far as I'm concerned in Nashville. And he actually scored last night for them uh, in the victory against the uh, Blackhawks. So uh, good for him. Well, can he, that's nice, but can you do more, please? It's like, Oliver, please, sir, I'd like some more. God forbid you, you owe us that much. You haven't done diddly jack sh- shit, you know, the last couple of years. Diddly poo, as uh, <laughs> Jim Morrow said uh, a couple of decades ago. Uh, don't stop there. Uh, you should be trying to score 10 goals, 20 goals over the next you know, two weeks to make up for not doing a damn thing pretty much for the last couple seasons in Nashville uh, if you're Ryan Johansson. Uh, so we'll see. Maybe that gets him going. We'll have to wait and see. But I've, I've thought that before. You see him, oh, he scored a goal. Maybe, it, maybe he's going to get on a run and it never happens. That's the way it's been for him in Nashville with the Predators. So we'll see uh, if he can get it going a little bit here following scoring yesterday. Uh, against this uh, Chicago team. But, you know, Nashville is playing their best hockey of the season. You know, for a team that I've ripped and criticized a lot, uh, you got to be fair. You got to be objective. You got to be accurate with your assessment on a team. And right now, Nashville's playing pretty good. So I'm a little reluctant to go against them right now at this point in time. Uh, Chicago, bounce, you know, it's a bounce back spot for them at home. Someone in their chat, Jstone 9 a loyal Ice Guys uh, viewer for years, said that Chicago's been very good in Sunday home games, and that is true. They've played well Sunday home games. So it's two teams I really don't want to bet against. I'll probably just stick to the over. It will be a play if, indeed, we get the goalies that I expect. Pekka Rene for Nashville uh, and Malcolm Subban for Chicago uh, in this game. You know, if it's Sub- if it's Rene versus Lankinen, 
Uh, I, I'll probably still bet the over. I might add Chicago if that's the case because Lankinen's a big edge over Rene. Subban and Rene, not so much. I'll probably just bet over if it's those two guys. I'm pretty sure you'll see Rene in net, maybe because Lankinen's feeling it. He, he's, they throw him back in, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be uh, Rene and Subban, the two goalies tonight. So with that in mind, uh, I do like this game over five and a half here, minus 120 with Nashville taken on Chicago. All right, that is the Sunday NHL card. I uh, hope you enjoyed the analysis and the breakdowns. Uh, we'll have the whole crew back in action tomorrow on Monday. Uh, Jimmy should be back with us. Uh, Alex will be back with us as well tomorrow, uh, 2 p.m. Eastern, uh, 11 a.m. Pacific, and we'll break down the Monday uh, NHL card, uh, which is a nice card. Uh, seven games tomorrow uh, in NHL action. Uh, we'll break all of those down tomorrow. Uh, before we get to bet my best bet for this Sunday card, a reminder uh, to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app, sign up for an account, use the promo code THPN, uh, and a reminder as well that you know now's a great time to be downloading that DraftKings Sportsbook app and signing up because you got the uh, tournament still ongoing. You've got NHL and NBA regular season with a month to go, playoffs after that, baseball starts this week. There's a lot of reasons to download that DraftKings Sportsbook app. Sign up for that account. Use the promo code THPN. You'll get deposit bonus weekly specials, incentives, bet boosts, lots of perks to having that uh, DraftKings Sportsbook account. Download the app, sign up for an account, use the promo code THPN. All right, it is best bet time uh, to wrap up this Sunday edition of the Ice Guys show. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit off the grid here today, and I'm going to go underdog for, for my best bet today. Big underdog. I've, I haven't done this very often uh, but I'm going to do it today. Uh, New Jersey Devils plus 165 against Boston. They already beat Boston in TD Garden on a Sunday afternoon earlier this season. Boston's banged up. Marshawn may or may not play. Yaroslav Halak is fighting the puck right now. And the team, I think, plays a little bit in fear when he's in net. I don't see confidence from the Bruins when he's in net. He came in the other night against the uh, Islanders when Rask got injured. And that's when the game changed. The Bruins, you know, I think panicked a little bit. They didn't play with that same confidence once Yaroslav Halak was in there. He's fighting the puck right now. New Jersey's given the Bruins a tough game every single time they played them. I'm shaking things up today. Best bet, a big, uh, bigger-sized underdog here. New Jersey Devils plus 165 uh, against the Boston Bruins. Uh, that is going to be my best bet for this Sunday NHL card. And that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys presented uh, by the Hockey Podcast Network. A reminder, we're on YouTube live seven days a week. We co we cover each and every NHL game all season long from a betting perspective, seven days a week on the Ice Guys show, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern time, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern time. Uh, and if you can't watch the show live on YouTube, make sure you download the Ice Guys podcast, the audio version of the show on all major podcast providers. That'll wrap up this show. Thanks to everyone for tuning in. I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Sunday. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow on Monday for another edition of The Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Now a show that's going to give you the truth about the biggest epidemic of our times, we're all a little crazy. We're all a little crazy is brought to you by the Same Here Global Mental Health Movement. 
and the Hockey Podcast Network. This is NHL great mental health advocate and member of the same here alliance, Theo Fleury. This is 20-year professional sports executive, mental health advocate, and founder of the hashtag Same Here Global Mental Health Movement, Eric Cusin. This is Darren Ravel, sports business insider, mental health advocate, and founder of the Same Here Influencer Alliance. We're so afraid as a society to rip the Band-Aid off the topic in a real way. Anytime you open up about something that's controversial or taboo, the first one through the wall always gets bloodied. And that's why we're doing this. We don't mind being the ones getting bloodied. We put our stories out there well before it was a thing to do for a reason. Because as much as they're extreme examples of how far you can fall, they show everyone the challenging life experiences impact everyone, even those of us who have reached the top of our competitive industries. The issue in media today, traditional media and social media, we are so quick to look for simple answers, simple explanations. We want everything wrapped in a bow. But this topic is messy. The nuances need to be explained. Yeah, it needs real, long-form conversation like this. I'm just thrilled that we can be real with people and address the current events happening in this space in real time and set the record straight. More talk happening doesn't mean it's helping the conversation move forward. The words we use matter. We have the greatest mental health awareness in the history of our planet, and yet the mental health trends and outcomes are awful. It means the current messages aren't working. Find me a person who hasn't faced trauma in their lives. Anyone. You can. Things have affected all of us. It's why we all say we are all a little crazy in our own unique ways. This topic isn't for one in five of us with mental illness. It's for five in five whose mental health has been impacted. This isn't an athlete issue. It's not a musician issue. It's a societal one. This is the greatest epidemic of our time. No, it's not about stopping any stigma. It's about us all saying same here. Our openness and the commonality in our struggles, that's what erodes stigma better and faster than any campaign telling people to stop anything ever will. Available on all podcast apps. Do us a favor and download each episode before you listen. And if you're an Apple user, please rate and review the podcast as it helps us get these important conversations out to reach a larger audience.